They stoned him with stones. So you see, the Jews knew how to do it. They had experience doing it. When they didn't like one of their own, they'd stone him to death. So why didn't the Jews stone Jesus? I don't, I don't remember how long it's been since we had communion together. I do remember, though, that we were still under some sort of COVID restrictions and we had to pass out these specially individual sealed cups. Remember that? As some of you were here. Hmm? And in the top portion was a little kind of a wafer. Uh, it was supposed to be bread. <laughs> we took that by faith. And the rest of the, in the cup was a little bit of um, grape juice. But we did what we could do, right? But now we're together. And we, we get to have the real table of the Lord. And the, the, the bread was made this afternoon. The grapes were stomped some time ago by someone we don't know. It's Welch's grape juice. Yeah. So in just a little while, we want to park our feet under the Lord's table. And so we need to take some time now and prepare our hearts for this. And so I'm going to um, show you something in the scripture and we're going to sort of answer an interesting question. Um, all right, you have your Bible open at John chapter 10. And three verses I'd like us to read, but I'd like to ask you to stand to your feet and we'll read together verse 30, verse 31, and verse 39. 30, 31, and 39. All right, if you have that, let's read together. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. And verse 39. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand. Our heavenly father, we thank you that you sent Jesus into this world. And even though it was 2,000 years ago, that means nothing because the power of his blood is still... Um, sufficient today. Everything he did 2,000 years ago is just as powerful today as it was on the day he did it. Our Father, we're looking forward to heaven. We're looking forward to meeting our wonderful Savior, the one who died for us. Lord, increase our faith, our love for you. Increase our joy in serving you. Father, we pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight. And prepare our hearts to partake of your table in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I think that we can all see from this scripture that uh, many of the, the Jews of Jesus' day were vehemently against Jesus. His ministry was not very long. How many, how many years? Anyone know? How many years? About three years, three and a half, something like that. It was a very short ministry. Compared to my ministry here, I've been here 22 years. Jesus was only there for three, three and a half years. You know, typically, you can't get much done in the ministry in three years. It's not a, a huge amount of time. And yet, the Lord Jesus was able to get so much done.
But one of the things that he was teaching the people and revealing was that he was the Messiah, the anointed one sent from God. The words Messiah and Christ mean the same thing. One is Hebrew, one is Greek. And it refers to the anointed one or the special one sent from God. And the more you get to study about Messiah or Christ, the more you realize that he, he's more than just a man, certainly more than just a carpenter. He was God in the flesh. And in verse 30, uh, Jesus said, I and my father are one. Now, there's a popular uh, worldwide cult today called the Jehovah's Witnesses, and they comment on this verse. And what they say is that Jesus was really saying that he and the Father were one in purpose because the Jehovah's Witnesses deny the deity of Jesus Christ. They say Jesus was not God. He was some kind of angel, and he and the devil were brothers eons ago. And, uh, the, you know, the devil went his way and Jesus stayed with God. And this is nonsense. This is not what the scriptures teach at all, at all. But the, the J-dubs, they teach that Jesus was not God. He was not divine. He was not God in the flesh. And so when they come to verses like this, the twist they put on it is Jesus and the Father were one in purpose. Now listen, I'll tell you something right now. That does not make any logical sense. I'll tell you why. Because the Jews of Jesus' day thought that they were one in purpose with God. They thought that they and God were one in purpose. And Jesus comes along and says, the Father and I are one in purpose. Well, then why did they pick up stones to stone him? Why did they do that? There would have been no reason whatsoever for the, uh, the Jews to pick up stones to stone them. And when they pick up stones to stone a person, it's not just to kind of throw a little, a little pebble at them. They pick up chunks of rock and hurl at them to kill them. That's the idea. They pick up stones to stone him to death. Stone him to death. And that's what the Jews did. Well, they tried to do it here. They tried to pick up stones to stone him. Because they understood what Jesus was saying. He was making himself one with the Father. I and the Father are one. Not just one in purpose. Folks, we are one in purpose with the Father. What Jesus was saying was that he and the Father were equal. They were both God Almighty. They were one. Now we still have a little trouble wrapping our minds around the idea of the Trinity. Here on earth, there, there are some things about God that, sorry, we're just not going to understand. You uh, adults that have children, maybe little children, or maybe your children used to be little, and now they're taller than you and you have to look up at them. But at least when they were little, little children, there were things about you that they just did not understand. Isn't that right? Hello? Yes. I thought you were there. I thought I was watching TV for a minute. <laughs> a bunch of happy people. Yes, there are things that little children do not understand about mom and dad. And likewise, there are things about God, our Father, that we're too little to understand. And one of them is that God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the three are one. 
God reveals that to us. He wants us to know that. Jesus is God on the, in the flesh. He came in the flesh. But the interesting point is, uh, the Jews wanted to stone him, right? We can see that, can we? Yes? From this, the Jews were picking up stones ready to kill him. But in verse 39, you'll see that he escaped out of their hand. He escaped out of their hand. Jesus did that more than once. They tried to throw him off a cliff. He escaped out of their hand. How do you do that? They picked up stones here more than once to kill him. He escaped out of their hand. How did Jesus do that? Well, someone that was following Jesus around for three years was Judas. And Judas saw how Jesus somehow would just escape out of danger. Now, I could be wrong, but I think that that's what Judas was counting on when he betrayed Jesus. And he figured, I'll just get, I'll cash out and I'll get the money. Got 30 pieces of silver that go a long way back then. And I will sell him out and he will just escape out of their hands and I'll have all this money. And I kind of think that's what he had in mind. And when it didn't work that way and he realized what, what had happened, that he, he couldn't escape, wasn't escaping, and they were going to kill him, I think tremendous remorse came upon Judas. That's why he returned the money. He threw it down. And then he went out, and what did he do? Hanged himself. Yeah, he hanged himself. He never got saved. He never got born again. He could have, but he never did. He sold out the Savior, and then he went and hanged himself. Pretty sad. There are a few suicides in the Bible, and every one of them is sad. Judas, I think, is probably the saddest. So, um, the question here is, when Jesus came near the end of his, his earthly ministry, he had done all of the teaching, all of the preaching, all of the soul winning, all of the miracles he was going to do, and it came time for him to die for you and for me. Why didn't the Jews just stone him? I mean, they tried. They wanted to. John chapter 10, they certainly were right on the the brink of killing him. And all of a sudden, he's gone. Where did he go? He escaped. They don't know how he did it. We don't know how he did it, but he did it. So when Jesus' earthly ministry was finished, why didn't he just let them stone him to death? I mean, the Savior had to die. That's one way of dying, isn't it? There are many ways of dying. There's maybe a thousand ways to die. You could fall off a cliff, fall out of an airplane, knife, bottle of poison, uh, rock hits you, right? Disease, all kinds of ways to die. If the Savior had to die for you and for me, well, why, why couldn't the Jews just stone him? I mean, wouldn't that have been a lot faster than the cross wouldn't that have been a lot less painful than the cross so the jews wanted to stone him they tried to stone him but why didn't the jews just stone jesus let's uh, turn back to the gospel of matthew maybe we can start to get an answer here in matthew chapter 20 
Matthew chapter 20. Now, we have Jesus in the last week of his life at this point. And he is coming up to Jerusalem. Verse 17. And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart. Now that would include, the twelve would include Judas. And took, took the twelve disciples apart in the way, that's in the way up, and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes. And there's Judas listening to all of this. And they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. And by the way, I just want to point out that what he's talking about here, all what he had to go through, the sufferings and the crucifixion and all that, that's the cup and the baptism that he spoke of. Well, we have the Lord Jesus now telling the disciples how he's going to die. He comes right out. It's one week before, and he comes right out and he lays it out for them step by step. This is what's going to happen. And we're still kind of left with that question. Well, the Jews wanted him dead. Why didn't they just take him and stone him? Why didn't they do that? And we find that the Lord Jesus, um, in that last week, near the end, he was betrayed by his disciple Judas. He was condemned by the chief priests of the Jews. And he was delivered to Pilate, the Roman governor, to be executed. The Jews knew how to stone people to death. Uh, I'll show you if you look at the, at, at the book of Acts. Turn to Acts, chapter number 7. Acts, chapter number 7. Now, we won't take the time, but the, um, the context. The context here is going to uh, start in chapter 6, but it deals with a deacon in the first church and his name is Stephen and Stephen is arrested for preaching the gospel he's arrested by the Jews and he's put into their Jewish courts for trial and he uh, he's telling them basically God's dealing with the Jews all through the last couple thousand years this is back in his day and, and they're all nice and quiet and they're listening to him and then all of a sudden, he tells them, you're no different than your, your fathers. You, you reject the truth. You've, you've, you've crucified the, uh, the, the, the Holy One of, of God. And so they decided they were going to kill him. So they took Stephen and they did not take him to Pilate, the Roman governor. They didn't do that. What they did was they took him outside the city. And let's see here. Verse 57, they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And Saul later became who? Paul, the apostle Paul. Verse 59, and they stoned Stephen 
calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus. Now, this, the, 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 the people stoning him weren't calling upon God. Stephen was calling upon God. They were picking up big rocks and they were throwing and hitting him in the chest, in the arms, and in breaking his bones, hitting him in the head and causing the blood to, to flow. And they stoned Stephen and Stephen was calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. They killed him. They stoned him with stones. So you see, the Jews knew how to do it. They had experience doing it. When they didn't like one of their own, they'd stone him to death. So why didn't the Jews stone Jesus? Well, there are several possible reasons. Of course, number one, crucifixion was a whole lot more painful than stoning. Maybe they wanted to see him suffer more. So they gave him into the hands of Pilate. A lot more pain, a lot more humiliation with crucifixion. Much, much worse than stoning. But maybe a better reason is that the crucifixion was actually prophesied hundreds of years before they even invented crucifixion. I'd like you to turn back to the, the book of Psalms and see this for yourself. Go to Psalms 22. Psalms in the middle of the Bible. Psalm 22. This psalm here is very prophetic of our Lord Jesus on the cross. For example, verse 1. These are the very words of Jesus while he suffered on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But here I want you to see in verse 12. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint these are experiences of people who die on the cross this is exactly what they experience my heart is like wax it is melted in the midst of my bowels my strength is dried up like a potsherd a potsherd is a piece of broken pottery very very dry crumbling my tongue cleaveth to my jaws and thou hast brought me into the dust of dogs, uh, into the dust of death. Sorry, I'm getting old. My eyes are crossing. Verse 16, for dogs have compassed me. Yeah, now that was a prophecy there in Matthew 27. That's actually mentioned in Matthew 27. Many, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. Look at this. They pierced my hands and my feet. That's exactly what they did when they crucified Jesus. And then he says, verse 17, I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. When they crucified people, they didn't leave them clothed. They stripped them naked because it, it maximized the humiliation of being crucified. What a horrible, horrible way to die. But much, much worse than stoning. Stoning hurts for a, a minute and then it's over. You're dead. 
Crucifixion lasts for hours. And so uh, perhaps a better reason why the Jews didn't stone Jesus is because it was prophesied of God that this is how Jesus was going to die. Another reason, of course, is that it showed the worst the world could do. Crucifixion was definitely the worst possible way to die. Death was drawn out for a long time on the cross. And the sufferer suffered in in intense agony for a long period of time. Sometimes the, the victims would survive for a couple of days on the cross. Like that wasn't all that uncommon. A day on the cross was normal. They're there all night and they're still there on the cross, still alive the next morning. They might die sometime during that day or they might even last for another day. And so it was definitely the worst the world could do. Another possible reason is maybe the Jews thought, well, if we give Jesus to, to the Romans, it'll avoid any messy conflict with some of our fellow Jews who actually like the guy. Because there were a lot of Jews that really loved Jesus and uh, had received him into their heart by faith, calling him Lord and uh, calling him Savior. So that's a possible. And another possible might be that uh, giving Jesus over to the, the Jews, uh, I'm sorry, giving Jesus over to Pilate, giving Jesus over to Pilate, put the whole thing under the Roman government. And uh, the Roman government had a lot of power. They had, they were the power. Now, I want you to remember that a Pilate was the Roman governor, governor and he didn't want to crucify Jesus. He came to the crowd and he said, I find no fault in this man. I've examined him and he's done nothing that deserves death. And of course, the Jewish leaders had whipped up the crowd into a frenzy. Crucify him, crucify him. If you let him go, you're no friend of Caesar. He made himself a god. That was the accusation of the Jews. He made himself a god. Truth is, he was God. He didn't make himself a god. He was God. But he told the people, I and the Father are one. Before Abraham was, I am. Again, they picked up stones and try and stone him. Another one of those occasions. Pilate didn't want to kill Jesus. The chief priests forced Pilate to kill Jesus. That was the political game. And they forced his hand so that he washed his hands in water and said, all right, you win. Crucify him. That's basically what happened. But in reality, there was another aspect of this whole thing. And for that, we need to go back to the Gospel of John chapter 10. We somehow missed it. When we were there last. John chapter 10. Now I'd like you to look please at verses number uh, 17 and 18. And here we have the answer to our question. Therefore doth my father love me. This is Jesus speaking. Because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. Now, verse 18, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, 
and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. God's commandments come with power, by the way. So here's the answer to our question. The Jews wanted to pick up stones to stone Jesus. They'd wanted to do it for a a year or more. So why didn't they? They couldn't. God wouldn't allow it. God would not allow the Jews to kill his son by stoning. It was prophesied back in Psalm 22 how Jesus would die. And that is what was going to happen. That's why whenever they picked up stones to stone him, Jesus just simply escaped out of their hand. I don't know how he did it. Maybe he ducked or said, look, and they all look, and he's gone. No, I don't think he did that, but um, somehow he escaped. The Jews were unable to kill him until the right time. He had finished all his ministry, and it was time now for him to die for you and for me on the cross. Aren't you glad he did? Aren't you glad that he had you in mind when he died on that old rugged cross 2,000 years ago? How did he do that? We don't know. But in his mind, he was dying for you and for me. Hallelujah, what a savior. They couldn't kill him until the right time came in the Father's plan. And I'll tell you something else. If you're here tonight and you're born again, you're saved, you're part of God's family, no one can kill you either until the right time. You are immortal until God says, come home, my child. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news. Now, as Jesus was about his father's business, can it be said of you and I, Are we about our father's business or are we just going about our own business? That's a good question, isn't it? That's a good question. Are we going about the father's business? Because one day Jesus will come and call us home. It may be through the kindly hand of death, but it may be through the trumpet and the rapture. And that's the one we're hoping for. Oh, hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, talk about the rapture, the trumpet sounding and the catching away, where Jesus comes in the air, in the clouds, the trumpet sounds, and we're caught up together to meet him in the air. And he'll change our vile bodies to be like his glorious body. We'll get new bodies. And it'll all happen in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. That day could be today. It could be. It could be tomorrow. You see, that's why we are looking for that blessed hope. Will Jesus come in 2021? And will you be ready? The wonderful thing about having a communion service is it gives us the golden opportunity to keep our hearts right with the Lord to look in our hearts and lives and look and see if there's any sin, unconfessed sin, to see if there's any, oh, things that we should have dealt with, but we didn't. You know, uh, the Bible gives us 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It gives us the, the beautiful picture here of the broken body and shed blood. And it's meant for believers. It's not meant for unbelievers. It's meant only for men and women, born again, members of God's family. If you're here tonight and you're just not sure if you're part of God's family, then that's okay. Uh, when the communion trays are passed down the row, you just pass them by. Just help and pass them by. And by the way, if you're here and you know for sure that you're saved, you're part of God's family, but for some reason you don't feel right in taking the Lord's table tonight, just let the communion trays pass you by. Help us to pass them, mind you, but, but pass them one to another. You can help us with that. If you're here tonight and you know for sure you're saved, there's no unconfessed sin in your life. You don't have a, a little box of sin waiting for you when you get home that you're going to jump into. You know, you ought to partake if you're walking with the, the Lord. You see, by partaking, what you're telling Jesus is you're telling him right to his face. Lord Jesus, there's no unconfessed sin in my life. As far as I know, I've confessed everything that's not right. I've asked you to forgive it. There's nothing between my soul and the Savior. That's what you're telling Jesus when you partake. So it's important that we take a moment and we bow our heads and we close our eyes and we pray, search me, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so we'll have that opportunity right now. So I invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.